Well, this is really happening this morning. I hope you guys are just as excited um, as I am to, to share with you guys this morning. So I thought I'd start off with a little story just to get my nerves uh, uh, some time to kind of calm down a little bit. So there's a man who had a house along the riverbank, and there was a storm coming, and they was expecting great floods in his area. So on the TV and on the radio, they broadcasted warnings for him and his area should probably go ahead and evacuate. But the man thought to himself, I, I love Jesus, I believe in God, and I believe that God will save me. So he ignored that warning. The guy pulled up in front of his house and had a Jeep, said, hey man, I got some room in my Jeep, let's get out of here. He said, okay, God will save me. So the flood started to come, so he decides that he's going to go on top of his roof, right? So a boat comes along, said, hey friend, hop in, we'll take you to safety. He said, it's okay, don't worry, God will save me. So now he's, the water's starting to come up. All of a sudden, he hears a helicopter coming over, over the hill. He said, hey, come on, man, we got you. He said, it's okay, God will save me. So he drowned. <laughs> so... So he gets to heaven, and he's like, God, my man, what happened? God's like, I warned you through the radio and the TV. I sent the man in the Jeep. I sent the boat. I even sent the helicopter for you, man. What more do you want? Man, ain't it funny how, like, simple God's invitation can be, and if we're not careful, how we can just totally ignore them? So my name is Wes King. I'm a pastor elder here at Christ Community Church. Um, I've done this maybe two or three times. By a show of hands, how many of you we're here the last time I gave the message. You guys are excused. <laughs> okay? So let me tell you, you only need to hear one West King sermon. All right? This is not what I do. So let me ask another question. How many of you were invited by somebody else today? Raise your hands. It's okay. I'm not going to excuse you, so raise your hand. <laughs> That's good. Um, so, <clears throat> in preparing for my sermon today, it was a little nerve-wracking, right? Um, because it's not something that I do all the time. And in preparing to give the message today, I just kept reminding myself to keep it simple, right? Don't have to make it too complicated. So today, all I want to do is have a little conversation about how Jesus can change our lives, our community, our state, our country, and ultimately the world, one person at a time, 
and it starts with having a conversation this morning. Is that okay with you guys? Pray with me and we'll get into this. God, I am so grateful that um, you've given me an opportunity um, to um, lead uh, from this capacity, Father, but I pray, Lord, that remove me from this situation and send your Holy Spirit to convey the message that you have for each individual here. I pray, Lord God, that you would send your Holy Spirit and it would consume us all, Lord God, and that um, you give us ears to hear and a receptive heart to be changed by the good news of Jesus. We love you and we thank you for your son, Jesus, and it's in his name we pray. Amen. So if you have your Bibles today, um, the passage of Scripture we're going to be looking at, Dave alluded to it earlier, that we're going to do the Great Banquet, and it's Luke chapter 14, looking at verses 16 through 24. We're going to have it on the screen for you, too. And I'm going to start at, uh, actually, I'm going to start at verse 15, because Jesus is, turning, uh, is telling uh, a parable, um, and it starts with verse 15. It says, when one of those at the table with him heard this, he said to Jesus, blessed is the man who will eat at the feast in the kingdom of God. Verse 16 says, Jesus replied, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. At the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who had been invited, Come, for everything is now ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first said, I have just bought a field and I must go and see it. Please excuse me. Another said, I had just bought five yoke of oxen, and I'm on my way to try them out. Please excuse me. Still another said, I just got married, so I can't come. The servant came back and reported this to his master. Then the owner of, of the house became angry and ordered his servant, go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, the blind, and the lame. Sir, the servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there is still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and make them come in so that my house will be full. I tell you, not one of those men who were invited will get a taste of my banquet. As we discuss this passage of scripture this morning, there's three things I want us to focus on. As we close out our sermon series on, I have decided. The first one is no excuses, right? When it comes to being, in a, in, being into a relationship with Jesus or being called to act, there is no excuses. Now, I know we pride ourselves by coming up with some really creative excuses. But at the end of the day, just know there are no excuses. Luke 9, 58 through 62 says, Jesus replied, foxes have dens, birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. He said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first let me go and bury my father. Jesus said to him, let the dead bury, them, bury their own dead, but you go and proclaim the, the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me go back and say goodbye to my family. 
Jesus replied, no one who puts a hand to the plow and looks back is fit for service in the kingdom of God. The second thing I want us to focus on is this. Everybody's invited. Everybody has been extended an opportunity to be into a relationship with Jesus. Everyone. Romans 10, 13 says, For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Amen? And we know we're familiar with this verse, right? John 3, 16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that for whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. And then the third thing, and I think it's the most important thing, is that it's your decision. It's your choice. You either accept it or you don't. John 3.18 says, Whoever believes in him is not condemned, but whoever does not believe, believes stands condemned already because they have not believed in the name of God's one and only Son. Before I go on, I want you to go with me for just a moment. Think about a time where you were invited to something, something big, something not just the order, just everyday stuff, something big. And for whatever reason, you didn't go. You make up your excuse where you were too tired, you know, or you just didn't want to go. But after the fact, after hearing all the fun that was had, all, like, your friends are like, dude, you missed it. You missed that. You fill in the blank. How does that feel? A little bit of regret. If you're like me, I feel like, man, I missed out. If I could only go back and have that opportunity again, I would totally say yes. As the kids nowadays, they would say, it was epic, right? And you missed it. Hang on to that feeling of disappointment. Hang on to that feeling of regret, of sadness, of missing out. Now let's go back and look at verses uh, 16 through 20 of the, of the passage I just read. It said, A certain man was preparing a great banquet and invited many guests. And at the time of the banquet, he sent his servant to tell those who were invited, Come, for everything is ready. But they all alike began to make excuses. The first one had just bought a field, and he needed to go see it. The next one bought some oxen, and he needed to go and take a look at them. And one of them, had, the third one, had just gotten married. So picture this. The banquet hall is ready. White tablecloths, silverware is polished. I don't even know. Do you polish silverware? Maybe it's China you polish. I don't know. The food was prepared. You know, they had the watermelons that cut out like a little basket with berries and stuff in it. The DJ was set up, and he was ready to spin, right? I think they had DJs back there, don't you think, Matt? I don't know if they were seven foot, though. <laughs> but seriously, though, everything was perfect, right? So he tells his servant, it's time, everything is ready to go into. But the excuses, those, let's look at the excuses. I mean, I just pointed them out, but let's go, just, just follow me. They're not the best of excuses. 
You buy land, and all of a sudden, after you bought the land, you want to go take a look at it? You buy five yoke of oxen. What is that, five egg yolks of oxen? But you need to go try them out. And then one of them had just gotten married. Like, that's an excuse to bring your wife for a free party. <laughs> now, I'm sure we can agree those are not the best excuses, right? I mean, they were passing up on the biggest, the loudest, craziest party ever. For those who have kids, that's a troll reference. Right? Shout out to Poppy. But the more I think about those who are invited, they must not have valued the invitation. They didn't view it as important. You see, when we value something, it becomes important. It becomes a priority. They looked at it like what they had going on was more important. But in those excuses, it wasn't like they had to choose one or the other. Because the one who bought land, he could have did that the next day. The one with the oxen, he could have done that the next day. And again, the one who just got married, he could have brought her alone or say, hey, honey, like, I'll be back later, right? As I contemplate these excuses, I began to think of some of the excuses that I have tried to use when invited to something. More importantly, when invited by God to do something, like preaching this morning, right? I am not going to lie. When Blake called me, he left me a voicemail. And he said, hey, man, working on the next sermon series, I've decided. Want to bounce some things off of you. Let's catch up soon. Let's get lunch or something. And in my head, I'm thinking, he's going to ask me for something. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I, I waited a little bit longer than I normally would to return a phone call because I just knew. So when I, called, when I called him back, he was, you know, he was like, hey, man, how's it going? And then he goes straight into it. So listen, I want you to close out the sermon series on September 16th. My mind started going, I need an excuse. I need a good excuse. And time is not one of them because he's given me two months to prepare. <laughs> but then I start saying, I'm not good enough, right? Like, who's going to listen to me? I guess we're going to figure it out here in a little bit. So as I started thinking about what it would look like, what does it sound like for West King to get up and, and, and preach? Now, I've done it in the past, but it's, each time is unique and it's different, right? And I found myself, so here's my favorite excuse. Let me go back for a second. My favorite excuse was this. If I preach on Sunday, Blake, who's going to play the cajon? And I was like, just let me play the cajon. In preparing for today's sermon, I went back to my go-to verse, which is Proverbs 3, verses 5 through 6. 
And it basically says, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all his ways, submit to him and he will make your path straight. In saying yes to Blake, in saying yes to Blake, in saying yes to Jesus, I was drawn upon the, the scripture or the story of Moses, right? When he wasn't confident to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt. And in Exodus 4, 10 through 12, it says, Moses said to the Lord, pardon your servant, Lord. And I was, I was asking to be pardoned when Blake asked me to preach. I was. I have never been eloquent, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to your servant. I am slow of speech and of tongue. But the Lord said to him, who gave human beings their mouth? Who made them deaf or mute? Who gives them sight or makes them blind? Is it not I, the Lord? Now go, and I will help you speak and will teach you what to say. Now, I'm not in no ways comparing myself to Moses. But there are some similarities. I've been called to faithfully follow God and not be sure how I'm going to go about it. And the next verse, I can really relate to, and I'm sure you can too. But Moses said, pardon your servant, Lord, and please send somebody else. <laughs> I like it. I know me and Moses are not the only ones who have felt that way. And it's okay if you felt like that, because we're family here, right? Right? What's, what goes on in these walls stays within these walls, right? There's no judgment. But you got to be careful, because when you go outside these walls, that's where the attacks, that's where the judgments can take place and then slow you down. So let's not allow excuses to keep us from saying yes to what Jesus is calling us to do. You see, Jesus loves us beyond our comprehension. We can never fully grasp the width and depth of his love for us. Jeremiah 29, 11 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, and plans to give you a hope and a future. Hey, guess what? There's a party going on right here. And you've been invited, right? So everybody's invited. Everyone has been extended an invitation to follow Christ. In the first part of the passage, you can tell that those invited was part of the end club. And when those invited last minute declined last minute, this made the host very angry. And I'm sure you can relate, right? You have something special going on. You prepare, you clean the house up. You, you put everything together. And at the last minute, guests starting to say, hey, I can't come, and they don't have really good excuses. You would be frustrated with that, right? So let's take a look at what the owner did next in verses 21 through 23. So the servant came back and reported to his master, then the owner of the house became angry and ordered his servants to go out quickly into the streets and alleys of the town and bring in the poor, the crippled, 
the blind and the lame. Sir, their servant said, what you ordered has been done, but there's still room. Then the master told his servant, go out to the roads and the country lanes and compel them to come in so that my house may be full. Go to the next slide. Is that it? So I remember, um, it's probably been about five or six years ago, um, how many people remember Doug and Diane? Adams. So Doug and Diane, and um, they moved into our old neighborhood, and they lived right beside the Gaithers, Chris and Katie. And I think at the time, Diane was um, going through breast cancer. And the Gaithers had befriended Doug and Diane, and eventually we got introduced to them as well. And, you know, we had a community group. So what do we do when you meet somebody new and you lead a community group? You invite them to community group. And Doug would tell you, he thought of every excuse, every excuse to not join us at community group. Super cool dude. He's like four times my size. And eventually he said, all right, I'll come. So they come. He sat in, in one of the chairs in my house. And Doug's a little rough around the edges. And he's like, man, I've heard of Jesus. I've heard of God. And everybody who I know, he, he grew up in California, everybody I knew who loved Jesus and followed God judged me and critiqued me on what I was doing wrong in my life, but then would turn around and do the same thing. He said, I don't have a Bible. Just totally turned off. Every other word Doug said was bleeped. <laughs> right? Every word Doug said was bleeped. But because they were invited, because they were extended in the invitation, because remember, everyone's invited to this party, God began to soften their hearts, and they became receptive to Jesus. And because of that, they both accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, and I got the privilege to bath to to baptize both of them in our Southside location. Um, Tiffany and I were part of the launch team of Christ Community Church, and prior to joining Christ Community Church, I was in a small school, uh, a small group, a Sunday school class with young married couples, and and in being in that class, um, I, I continued to hear stories of how God was faithfully providing for people in our class, and I started questioning, I want that too, but I didn't know exactly what that looked like, and one day, Lee Well sent me a text and said, "Hey, man." Um, the God just, God just laid you on my heart, and I've been praying for you. Like, I was like, okay, God's speaking to me. He's working. So I said, hey, man, let's, why don't you guys come over for lunch? Him and, uh, him and Rachel came over, and Tiffany, we had lunch, and he was like, hey, we're going to be starting this church up. Would like to invite you guys to join our launch team. So, all right, we think about it. Start beginning to think about excuses. 
right? He gave me like 48 hours to say yes, right? When we joined the launch team, there was very little details available, but we said yes. We accepted the invitation. And I think sometimes we can get hung up on the details. We want to know everything before we commit. And in some parts of our lives, it's okay to gather intel before making a decision. But a big part of following Christ, and we see it throughout the Bible, is faith. Trusting that God is who he says he is. Trusting that the Bible is God-breathed and infallible, and although we may question or we may not understand certain things, at the end of the day, God is who he says he is. And based on that truth, we can rest. You see, I think sometimes we hesitate to fully accept who Jesus is. Or we hesitate to follow him because maybe there's a passage of scripture that we don't understand. Or perhaps we don't agree with. But maybe we're not ready to understand that. Maybe God doesn't want us to understand that. Maybe he wants us to understand something else first. Using Blake's analogy from a few weeks ago, you don't feed a baby a steak, right? You have to crawl before you walk, take and understand what he has for you now. Stop trying to be a know-it-all. I think we discredit who God is because we don't understand what he's doing or what he has planned for us. Instead of being in the, in the moment, we're always looking three steps in front of us. And let's just go. Let's just go. It's definitely, it's definitely a journey, right? But let's enjoy the ride. So my third point is it's your decision. Let's face it, at the end of the day, there's a decision that needs to be made and that decision is yours, it's your choice. No one can accept it on your behalf. You can't will it to a family member. You either accept it or you don't. But I think we all need to understand that by not accepting the invitation to follow Christ, we are declining an opportunity to sit at the table with Jesus. To do, to do what? What could be more important than that? In our house, um, we have a sign that says, choose joy. Kind of reminds me of Altie Well. My wife, Tiffany, does a really good job of trying to teach our kids and me that joy is there for the pickings. We have to make a decision daily to choose judge, to do to choose joy, even when we feel the complete opposite of joy. By choosing joy, the benefits come after making the decision. I think we fail to realize that it can be a simple choice. We don't have to hit rock bottom or have an amazing epiphany or some pivotal moment. Now don't get me wrong, for some, that's what it takes, or that's how it happens. 
We've heard those stories on this stage. We heard one today from Ashley. But don't feel like you have to wait for the lightning strike or the burning bush. It can really be as simple as recognizing the sin in your life and making a choice today to follow Christ. Now we sung Christ is enough and um, on the back end of that is a play into the old hymn I have decided. Anybody remember the old hymn I have decided? Do you know the story on I have decided? Well, I'm going to tell it to you anyway. So I'm going to need your help in this too, okay? So let's, let's listen. So it says, this is how the song was, was um, this is where the song came from, I have decided. It says, about 150 years ago, there was a great revival in Wales, England. As a result of this, of this, many missionaries came from England to the north to northeast India to spread the gospel. The region was known as Assam and comprised of hundreds of tribes. The tribal community communities were quite primitive and aggressive. The tribesmen were also called headhunters because of social customs which require the male members of the community to collect as many heads as possible. Into this hostile and aggressive community came a group of Welsh missionaries spreading the message of love, peace, and hope of Jesus Christ. Naturally, they were not welcome. One Welsh missionary finally succeeded in converting a man, his wife, and two children. This man's faith proved contagious and many villagers began to accept Christianity. Angry, the village chief summoned all the villagers. And then he called the family who had first converted to renounce their faith in public or face execution. It says, moved by the Holy Spirit, the man sung his reply. So, will you sing with me? I have decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. Man, you guys sound good. Enraged at the refusal of the man, the chief ordered his archers to arrow down his two children. As both boys lay on the floor, on the floor, the chief asked, will you deny your faith? You have lost both your children. You will lose your life too. But the man replied again, singing the next verse. Sing it with me, okay? Though none go with me, still I will follow no turning back. The chief was beside himself with fury and ordered his wife to be Earl down. In a moment, she joined her two children in death. Now he asked for the last time, I will give you one more opportunity to deny your faith and live. In the face of death, the man sung, the cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back. He was shot dead like the rest of his family.
But with their death, a miracle took place. The chief who had ordered the killing was moved by the faith of this man. He wondered, why should this man, his wife and two children, die for a man who lived in a faraway land on another continent some 2,000 years ago? There must be some supernatural power behind the family, and I too want that supernatural power. In a spontaneous confession of faith, he declared, I too belong to Jesus Christ. When the crowd heard this from the mouth of their chief, the whole village accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. I share this story because it shows the impact of our decisions. Our decisions to follow Christ has a ripple effect. Our decision and our faith in Christ extends an invitation to those around us. I think Joshua said it best in chapter 24, verses 14 and 15. This is Joshua. He says, Now fear the Lord and serve him with all faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors. Worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt. And in, in Egypt. Serve the Lord. But in serving the Lord, but if serving the Lord seems undesirable to you, then choose for yourself this day whom you will serve, whether the gods of your ancestors beyond the Euphrates or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you are living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. What about you? Will you serve the Lord? Don't leave here today without making a decision. Say yes now and trust here today that God will walk with you as you figure the rest out later. As opposed to hesitating and saying no altogether. Only to have regret and to miss out, you ready for this? The biggest and the loudest, craziest party ever. At this time, I'm going to invite the band to come back up. And then I want to pray.